Mike Vogel here for WashingtonCaps.com, and welcome to another edition of Break the Ice. Joined this time by Caps defenseman Matt Irwin, uh, born in Victoria. I guess you grew up on Vancouver Island. Yep. Um, what are like some of your earlier hockey memories? How did how did it start for you? And at, at what point did I know you're a big Canucks fan growing up? But w- yeah, w- where did the Jones kick in? Where you you wanted to, you know, play hockey all the time and and thought that you could you know, ascend to the level that, that you're at now. Yeah. Uh, honestly, thinking back to the the start, I mean, it all started with like a Canscape program. Wasn't, wasn't hockey. Yeah. Uh, would have been maybe four. I'm thinking in a snowsuit on the ice, just trying to figure it out. Um, you know, my parents always tell the story. It's, uh, a snowsuit was so tight. So when I fell, I couldn't get up. It was like a turtle on his back type thing. Um, but uh, anyways, so that that progressed into it's changed now, but the level is peanuts. So that's like the first stage of you know minor hockey, and then you know progressively you 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 make your way through the the novice and the atoms, and I think it's all changed nowadays to like a U whatever U nine U ten type you know le or uh, divisions. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Victoria, out on uh, the peninsula. It's called. Um, you know that the the um, peninsula minor hockey was where I, I played my minor hockey. Um, current NHLers are the Ben brothers um, yeah. and myself. And uh, you know, for me, it was hockey and soccer in the in the the winter time, um, and baseball in the summertime. And that's what I did. I didn't play any summer hockey. I think I maybe one tournament. Um, like a spring tournament or something like that. Uh, but my parents didn't want me to be playing hockey throughout the year. They wanted me to do something else, which to this day I think was important and, you know, forever thankful for that because I love baseball. Um, I loved, you know, the different, you know, friend groups that I, that I uh, played with, you know, in baseball. Like, for example, you know, the two names, the Ben brothers that I mentioned, I played hockey with Jordy, um, but – because of the baseball age group was a little different. I played baseball with Jamie. Um, so it was strange that way, but that's just kind of like the, the, the way it worked out. Um, and soccer was fun in the winter, but then, you know, as you get older with hockey, you, you, you go play for the rep teams or the travel teams, so to speak. Um, you know, it takes up more time and, you know, there was times where I'd go to soccer and then I'd, I'd have to go right to hockey or vice versa. Um, and it just wasn't, you know, manageable for, I guess, my parents to get me back and forth. So they, they just said, well, which one do you want to continue doing? And, you know, hockey was inside and I didn't have to run around in the rain and um, I just liked it more. And, um, you know, to to answer your question, I guess, on where I thought I could take hockey, honestly, I, I until I got to probably university, I didn't realize there was a, 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 a real shot at, you know, playing professionally. I mean, it was always a dream, of course. I mean, you grow up playing hockey. It's like I would love to play in the NHL, but, you know, it, it's a dream. Um, so, you know, I never really thought it was going to be possible. Um, so I just kind of took every, every season, every level, you know, through minor hockey to junior B to junior A to college to – the minors to the NHL was just kind of one step at a time and not looking too far ahead because I, I honestly just didn't think it was, it was possible. So, you know, that being said, here I am after, you know, 10 years or whatever it might be, um, you know, 12 years pro and, uh, yeah, you know, thankful for everything, uh, 
you know, all the experiences growing up and, you know, everything that my parents did for me. Were you a Mariners fan, uh, baseball-wise? It's or? funny. I, yeah, I guess I was uh, I was definitely a Blue Jays fan when, yeah. you know, 92, was it 92? Yeah. Joe 93, the, the back-to-back World Series, yeah. Joe Carter. And, you know, I would, uh, I had their little VHS disc of their, I can't remember which year it was, the World Series run it was, but uh, I would play that nonstop and, um, my parents have a cabin up, up Island on a lake and there's blue jays flying around all the time. And I would name them Joe Carter, mm-hmm. Roberto Alomar, Pat Borders, you know, all those guys. And I watched that movie or that, that documentary, I guess, so to speak nonstop. Um, so blue jays fan. And then as I got older, um, the Mariners kind of, I kind of switched to the Mariners. I think it might have been, you know, I remember Mariners. I think they had 116 wins one year yeah, or something like yeah, that. 116, and, and it was like Ichiro's maybe first couple years or and something A-Rod like that. A Rod, I think, was still there. And Griffey. Yeah. And, and those, you know, Edgar Martinez and Randy Johnson, like those names. And, you know, so I, I kind of shifted to that. And then I just kind of, baseball, I, I haven't, you know, kept in touch with, you know, either team or any team for that matter. I'm a, I, I enjoy watching postseason baseball. I think it's great. Um, but I, very rarely will I sit down and watch a full game. That's that's kind of how I've evolved to, too. Yeah. Uh, just just the postseason now. For sure. Um, so so wh- what landed you with uh, Nanaimo? Because th- that's um, – uh, and, and they were a pretty good team. The, did they win the Chevrolet Cup all four years you were there? Yeah. Yeah, so that that's the – I think the regular season championship, BCHL. So I played, uh, after my minor hockey, I went to the Saanich Braves, which was junior B in the VIJHL, Vancouver Junior Hockey League. Um, And where I played on the Peninsula minor hockey, they had a Peninsula Panthers, which was the junior B team. And that was like, that was the goal for everyone that Mm -hmm. played for that minor hockey. You know, Friday nights, full arena, you know, all your friends from school were going um, but I didn't, uh, I didn't really get an opportunity to play there. And uh, a coach from, you know, I guess the crosstown rival, um, offered me, uh, I guess, a, I guess, a not a contract, but I guess he like sign a card or for junior eligibility or yeah. whatever. And, um, so I played with the Saanich Braves, which was the affiliate, um, to the Nanaimo Clippers. And so when there was an injury in Nanaimo, I got called up. And then my coach in uh, Nanaimo, Bill Bestwick, who to this day I keep in contact with, is just an unbelievable guy. And, you know, I owe a lot of, from my hockey career or my hockey career to him for the way he treated me, how he helped me grow as a player and a person. Um, but he, you know, offered me a spot on the team the following year. And that's when I started my first of, uh, well, I guess first full season, I guess, with uh, Nanaimo. So the, I think you were 16 when you, you got like three games. Yeah, three games uh, as a call-up. Yeah. And then my 17-year-old year, year uh, was up for the whole year or played the whole year. And then those 17, last two 18. Years, in, in those eight. last two years really kicked in for you. Yeah, too. it was uh, – yeah, statistics-wise, um, first first year was just kind of getting your feet wet, um, playing against what seemed like men. Um it seemed like a tough league. Uh, and then the, the year after that, and going back to Bill Bestwick, I'll never forget he, that my start of my second year, he wanted me to shoot the puck and shoot the puck. And one day after practice, he just dumped the whole bucket of pucks at the center blue line. And Mark Chevry was our goalie. He just like, shoot till you score. Well, there's no screen. 
it's just me against the goalie from the blue line. Chances are I'm not scoring, and which I didn't, but I just had to keep hitting the pucks. And, you know, whether that's the reason why I, I put up the numbers I did, uh, I don't know. But uh, he obviously believed I could work on my shot, and I had a good shot to begin with. So, you know, just keep working on it. And, and that's not like a league that I feel like <clears> – <throat> Maybe in the years since, it's starting to produce some NHL players, and mm-hmm. you'll even see some guys go fairly high in, in the first yeah. rounds for some of those Tier 2 junior leagues. But I don't feel like that was the case back then. And yeah. scanning that, the Hockey DB page, I didn't see anybody that I – I rec- the, the one name I recognized was Andrew Chinuchin, who I – Oh, yeah. I think he, he's still active. Like, he's yeah, still he's playing, playing South, with South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, so I played a journey uh, in Nanaimo, and then – yeah, uh, one of my on. stints in in Providence, uh, I played with him yeah. again. But yeah, he I think he's still playing in South Carolina. He is. Um, I'm not. I'm he might be living down there too. I, he's been there for. He's played a handful of yeah. seasons there. Awesome guy. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, for a name of like a high draft pick that I would have played against at that time was Kyle, Kyle Turris. Turris yep. And I played with Turry in Nashville um, and, you know, keep in contact to this day too. Um, but yeah, he was the, he was a stud uh, at that level. And, you know, we had many battles against each other. Yeah. We, we had, uh, I think Zach can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I think our last uh, episode was with Aaron Volpatti. Okay. He yeah. was, I had a conversation with you about that. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, he, play, he played in that league, I think, around the same time that, that yeah. he did as well. Vernon, I believe. Yes, he right, was, uh, the, the, the Vipers, Vipers, right. Yeah, which was uh, like a juggernaut of a, an organization, too. You know, the Penticton, Vernon, and Imo. Port Alberni had a good run. You know, those were the, kind of the, the teams at, at that time with me coming through um, that were, were good. Was that a billet situation for you? Yeah, 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 so it was. So I... Uh, and I was about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes north of where I'm yeah. from. Um, so it was, it was perfect. It was an opportunity for me to, you know, move out of town and play hockey and, and, but I was close enough for my parents to come to every game. They'd come to every game home or away on the Island. Um, and, but yeah, an opportunity, my billet family was fantastic. I, I lucked out and, um, it was Mel and Marty McMinn, um, beautiful house overlooking the water. Uh, their, their son, Pat was in my wedding, um, they had another, uh, well, this is all so long ago. Jack was young and, and a daughter, Daryl, but uh, uh, awesome family. Hang out. To, we try to get together at least once or twice a summer, you know, every year when I get home. Uh, so, yeah, super thankful for them, what they put up with. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, you never know what you're going to get, right, in, in a situation, yeah. a living situation. I know my, my parents were grateful that I landed there, and, you know, we built that relationship. Two way street though too. I'm sure they're they're pretty happy to have had you. I guess yeah. Uh, you never know where you're going to get in a player too. So um, wells that, that yeah, it was all good. I I know Jack. He was young. I can't remember how old he was. The youngest at the time, but he was disappointed that they got Matt Irwin because he had no idea who Matt. Was. Yeah, I wasn't like a one of the big junior recruits. So yeah. He was just like, oh man, this guy. I don't know who this drive. guy is. He's like, I think he might have been like five or something like that. But yeah, it was pretty funny. So was it just a scout? from back east who saw you and, and, and tried to lure you to, to UMass Amherst or how did that yeah did that so happen? my first year uh, it was nothing that j- jumped off the charts in terms of statistics or anything like that so there wasn't a whole lot of bites um, and honestly before I got to 
Nanaimo. I, I didn't know anything about NCAA hockey. I had no idea that was the next step. I, I honestly kind of just thought I would play till I was 20 and, you know, go Get to school. Job. And anyways, um, I didn't know anything about NCAA until that following year when um, I think it was after maybe the first weekend or something like that. It was uh, the assistant coach. His name was Len Connell. Yeah. Um, Princeton guy. Yeah, exactly. And he came up and and spoke to me in the hallway of the the, the arena, and um, that was that was that. He interested. I like the way you play. Blah 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 blah. Who are you talking to? I'm like no one. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, we'd love to have you down for a visit. Um, not knowing what exactly that entailed, and uh, there's another guy on our team at the time that was talking to him. So we went down together um, during. In between that uh, that conversation, that visit, there was some more teams that became interested and had conversations with coaches, um, and then you know ultimately only made that one fly fly down visit to uh, Amherst, and you know you expect you hear all these great these things about university college games, the atmosphere, and I went down on uh, thanksgiving the week of thanksgiving so you can imagine it was pretty dead on campus the game was it was a tuesday night game or something like that it was empty um and i was like hmm. and i didn't know anything about uh, american thanksgiving and how big it was yeah. um you know it, it, it's a it's a holiday back home but it's certainly not the level it is uh down in the states and so i was like well this this place doesn't draw much of a crowd and they explained the whole situation but anyways that the, the guys were great john quick was there um, Mike Koska, guys that have played uh, some games. Well, obviously, Quickie's been very good in the NHL, and yeah. Mike Koska played a few games. Um, but yeah, th- those guys took care of us, and you know, uh, I, I just kind of went back with. They were the first team that approached me. Um, I was talking to you know some other schools: Denver, Colorado College, um, Cornell, um, Yale. Um, some, some, some great schools and, you know, yeah. um, Cornell was a, uh, a, an intriguing one. Cause a lot of guys from Nanaimo during that time, it was kind of like, almost like a pipeline. They would oh, wow. go there. Um, but you know, I took the SAT three, four times and wasn't high enough, but they were able to get me through. And I just kind of thought to myself, I don't know if I, if I struggle to get through and get, uh, admitted into Cornell, I'll probably be struggling while I'm there. Um, and then when it came to like the Denver's and the, the bigger schools with high draft picks, I wasn't drafted. I just, I want an opportunity to play. Um, and so I kind of just looked at that and be able to step in as a freshman. Cause I, I had the opportunity to either leave after my second year or go back to Nanaimo, which I ended up doing, be a captain, you know, learn that kind of side of a leadership role, um, and then go to school. And so I wanted to step in and play right away being older. Um, so it just worked out great and, you know, spent two of my best years and memorable years and, uh, in, at college at, at UMass. It was unbelievable. How much of a shock was it going from, you know, the Pacific time zone and, and, the, and just that corner of the, the continent yeah. to all the, all the way east and, and, you know, I mean, three hours, but it's a, it's a different, it's a, it's a really different mentality. It's, it's there's a totally lot of, different. Yeah. yeah. And I, I had never traveled out East as far East as I had been at that time was probably Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still uh, Western yeah. Canada, um, you know, to visit my uncle and my aunt. Uh, but yeah, I'd never, I had never traveled that far um, East and, 
you know, that's about as far as you can go east before you're in the water. But uh, uh, it was it was different. It, uh, but like at the same time, when you get to school, everyone's there doing the same thing. You're with a group of hockey players, so you're all like-minded. You're all in classes together. So the transition was super easy. My roommate Danny Hobbs and I, you know, kind of hit it off right away. He was from uh, actually not too far from here in Ottawa, and uh, um, oh. Uh, Shawville, Shawville, Quebec. Yeah. I wanted to say uh, Sherbrooke, but I think Shaw- the Murray brothers are from there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And they, yeah. he was uh, he was close friends with that family. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, to have a roommate that you you got along with and yeah. you know, it was huge, and, and that played a, a role in you know just the being comf- comfortable there, and, and obviously then you get busy with workouts and school, and you know you get you, you know first time moving away from me that far, obviously that far away. Um, yeah, you miss home obviously, but, uh, you know, I was 20 at the time, so I was, I was older. What do you, what do you major in for the two years? So I, I did, uh, well, I, I had yet to declare a major. Um, and so I was kind of taking a bunch of, just a bunch of classes. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I didn't have a major. And then when I moved on, um, and started playing professionally. That's when I had to. I transferred my credits. I basically, I got my degree in um, a bachelor's in science and management. And I mean, that's impressive that you were able to do that. Yeah, it, it was a goal. It was. Uh, I know my parents were super hopeful that I would do that yeah. when I, you know, had the opportunity to leave and, and play professionally. I know my mom, you know, uh, you know they are firm believers and, and rightfully so in an education. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me to give up on, you know, two free years of school, um, you know, obviously she was, they both were incredibly supportive of the decision to go chase your dream, no doubt about it. Um, but I know they, they wanted me to, you know, give it a shot and, and complete my degree. And uh, it was something I was able to do. I can't remember when I finished it. It might've been, I want to say sometime when I was in Nashville. Yeah. Um, you know, I was able to, to finish it. So I had two years of, of classes to take and it took me a good, probably five years to, to finish yeah. it just cause busy with hockey. And, um, I thought maybe doing it in the summer would be the thing to do, but that was probably the worst. Cause you, you go home, you want to see people. It's nice. The weather, you want to go to the lake, you want to golf, hang with friends. But what I did find was when I started doing it during the season, it was the best. It was, you know, you know what it's like on the road. You, yeah. you, you practice some days, so you get days off. So you have the plane, you get Wi-Fi, you know, you have a lot of downtime. Yes, you do. Um, so that was awesome. And it kind of, you know, took my my headspace away from hockey and, and just kind of going yeah. down that rabbit hole of thinking about, because I was, you know, establishing myself and, you know, in and out of the lineup. So the, to get that escape and, you know, take some classes and, and just shift the brain and the mindset to something else was super beneficial for me. I think both on and off the ice. You had mentioned your, uh, your coach in um, Nanaimo. And I mean, you, you've had a, a heck of a run just looking at it from, from afar. Um, Don Toots Cahoon in uh, at Amherst, like that guy, decades behind yeah. the bench and, and Roy Summer in, yeah. in Worcester too. Like he's totally. still coaching. Like, yeah. And it, like continuously for like twenty five years mm-hmm. in the American League, that's yeah. that's incredible. You what know, was I, it like playing for those those I, both of those guys? Awesome. I mean, Toot, uh, he was a big reason why I ended up at UMass. Um, he, aside from Len Cannell, the assistant coach yeah. that started the recruiting process, 
Um, I went home for Christmas one year to back to Victoria during our little break. Um, and Toot flew up to, you know, have dinner with my family and, and that meant the world to, uh, to me, but to my parents as well, yeah, sure. you know, the head coach flying up it's, and it was just for a night and that's, that's not a quick flight. It's during Christmas time. And, um, so that was, that was uh, really, really cool and special and, you know, such a good guy, such a, you know, a character well known in the, the, the Northeast, yeah. uh, especially in Massachusetts and the whole hockey scene. Um, funny, funny guy. And that was my first experience with like a, a Boston accent. I hadn't, I had never heard anyone like talk like that before. And I was just totally shocked, but, uh, unbelievable, um, took care of me obviously. And, uh, was fully supportive of, you know, that decision when it came for me to think about leaving early. Um, you know, he just basically said, it's your decision. We support you either way. And, um, that was that. So, you know, lot to be thankful for for his guidance and everything um and then obviously I turned pro and I signed with San Jose and Roy Somers the head coach there and he's been around forever um I think he's yeah he was coaching I think the the roller hockey league at one point um out in San San Jose Jose. (laughs) yeah and then he was a couple years as an assistant with the Sharks a couple years as an assistant with the Sharks and then Kentucky I believe Kentucky um and then I don't know if it was right to Worcester after that. Cleveland yeah. in between, but Cleveland, they were all they yeah. were all the the, the San, San Jose affiliates. Yeah, and yeah. then it was the, the Ice Cats, and then it was the Sharks. But I mean, I talk about another character. I mean, great guy, awesome, awesome coach. I mean, obviously been around. He has produced a ton of NHL hockey players, mm-hmm. and the fact that he's still doing it, and he's down in I think San Diego, San Diego now. Yeah. Um, is incredible. He just loves the game. Um, he loves giving back to it. He loves coaching younger players and, 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 you know, seeing them fulfill their dream of playing. If it's just one NHL game or if it's over a thousand, you look at like a Joe Pavelski, um, you know, he takes a lot of pride in that and he's really good at it too. Now, when you were at UMass Amherst, Justin Braun was there and yep. he had been drafted, I think a year before you got there. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that gave the Sharks a little bit of a leg up because their guys are going to watch him and right. just kind of keep an eye on him. And then they're seeing you, and and you excelled there pretty much from the start. I yeah. feel like you had two really good years there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Bronner was there, and we're 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 really close. Um, and he was drafted. Um, and yeah. So I I'm assuming they came. So you know the late uh, Brian Marchment Mushy yeah. was uh, a D development coach um, in in San Jose, and you know I owe a lot. To him, um, for you know, one having a look at me, but developing me and, and giving me a chance into the NHL level. But the other guy, the other head scout there was Tim Burke. Yeah, um, Berkey, I, I think is might still be there. He's another Massachusetts guy. Um, but yeah, I would assume that they're checking out uh, Justin, and you know, maybe I caught their eye one game, and um the opportunity came to go to their development camp after my freshman year, uh, which I did. And there was an opportunity to sign and leave school after that development camp. And, um, I chose not to, um, I just didn't know if I was quite ready. I wanted to go back to school for another year and, um, you know, play a little bit more and, um, everyone was coming back. Uh, we had a decent team and, uh, 
And, you know, it was one of those things that if, you know, I stayed healthy, I think the opportunity would be there, you know, again. Um, thankfully, it was a risk, but uh, rewarded for it. And, you know, I ended up signing with San Jose the year after that. Were there other teams that, that were involved by then? Or? Um, there was a couple other teams that invited me to, like, development camps. Um, I'm trying to think. Chicago, Philadelphia, maybe. I can't remember any other. Um, but it, it wasn't like it was a huge, huge list. San Jose kind of similar to getting recruited to UMass was the first yeah. one and showed a lot of interest. And um, it, it was it was awesome. Um, you know, go down there and see what it's like at the, you know, development camp and get a taste of what it's like to, you know, be a pro, I guess. And, yeah. And then, uh, you know, be able to sign there after my sophomore year and then head to Worcester, which was which was convenient because then I could finish my school year. Um, they were very flexible with us yeah. going back and forth. Um, short commute. If, yeah, short commute. Um, stay in a hotel, but if we had to go back for a test or an exam or whatever it might be there, I had to miss a practice or whatever, they were, they were really good with that. Um, so thankful for that as well. Um, but, yeah, you know. Worcester to San Jose was a, a bit of a hike, but uh, the commute from school to, to Worcester was good. Yeah, and I, I feel like you're right about those development camps. They give you a good window into to what that, that just a little bit of a carrot, you know, they, yeah. they, they dangle it out there, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, when, you, uh, when you finished up the sophomore year, you actually got in, like you said, you got into three games, I think, mm-hmm. and in a playoff game, how much did that help going into that those first two full seasons? Was there just to have you know a little bit of a toe in the water understanding of yeah, what that jump level. was going to be like? For sure, it, it was good. It was awesome. I mean, I think that was obviously a huge opportunity to get in those games. And then I, I wasn't expecting to get in a playoff game. I can't remember what happened. I'm pretty sure we played Manchester or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're playing against men, um, you know, and it's it's fast and you know you're the nerves are there you're it's it's professional hockey and and I didn't know anything about professional hockey how you have to carry yourself what it's like around the rink you know you're kind of walking on eggshells the first couple days because you just don't know um but you know getting those games to see what it was like the pace and and you know just seeing other guys on the team helped me go into that summer and prepare for my first you know nhl training camp and you know i don't know if i had a great nhl first nhl training camp um but it that was just all part of the learning curve and the stepping stones to to make you a better hockey player better person and you know it set you up for success uh you know for the first full year in worcester and then that third year in worcester that is the nhl lockout season of 12 13 and I feel like your numbers were maybe even a little bit depressed mm-hmm. the, the first half of that season, um, but you were playing, and, yeah. and a lot of guys weren't. Right. And so when that that short camp opened up, and we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago in Vancouver, right? Like you 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 kind of use that as a springboard, and all of a sudden you're in the opening night lineup, yep. play, playing with Dan Boyle, yep. and and I mean, my God, those Sharks teams in those days with uh, Thornton and yeah, Marlowe and Pavelski yeah. and, yeah, some stud players. Uh, mm-hmm. and you're playing for, for Todd McClellan. And, you're, and you go to a team where Larry Robinson is an assistant coach. and yeah. I mean, Jim Johnson, too. Right. He, he um, when I started covering the Capitals, he was he was a kind of a okay. spare defenseman on, gotcha. on that team. Yeah. Because that team was pretty loaded with D, too. Yeah. But, I mean, you're stepping into a pretty good situation there. Yeah. I mean, 
the that so there's no obviously NHL training camp because of the lockout. So you had a longer summer, and then you go right down to the AHL camp, which starts at, I want to say the end of September or whatever it was. Um, and then that season goes, and yeah, I mean as statistics goes, I you know I wasn't scoring. I think my one goal that year was an empty net on a wraparound wraparound not too many empty net wraparound nope. goals coming out of the penalty box i thought i was gonna get my head taken off but we uh we're playing in lewiston maine of all places i don't know, wow. know why i remember it but uh probably because it was my only empty net goal or something um but anyways but that uh that that opportunity to play be in game shape still didn't know when the nhl season was going to start if it even was going to start um, and you knew if it was going to, it was going to be like, okay, now, and camp's going to be whatever, seven to 10 days and the season starts. So <clears throat> being able to just play, um, and then, you know, there's other guys from that were on NHL contracts that couldn't go down to the minors to play that would go overseas. And, and then some of the veteran guys, whether they chose to not play and just train or, or go overseas, but you know, there's some injuries going into camp. So that was the opportunity right there. And, um, had a good showing. Um, it was more or less just like a week of practicing, a couple inter-squad yeah. games. It wasn't like there was any no exhibition games, games or anything like yeah. that. Um, but I'll never forget the, the, day, the day we were flying. First game was in Calgary, so practice, and then we fly the next, that afternoon. I step out for practice, and I didn't know how our coach, Todd McClellan, posted the lineup, you know, and it, he usually just did it on like a little – uh, posted note or, or this one time it was and you know it's this little posted note outside the locker room on like a cork board um, and I just put my stuff on want to be early for practice get out there work on some things and grab my sticks and head out there so I, I didn't look at the lineup um, and then Jay Woodcroft who's now coach yeah. in Edmonton um, we're about to start practice he goes Matty do you know who your D partner is I was like no idea he's like yeah. oh, did you look at the board I was like and he's like, uh, you're with Boiler. I was like, oh, crazy. Um, you're playing. You'll, you'll be playing tomorrow. I was like, okay, crazy. Like, just, you know, try to – all those emotions and everything just in your head, and now you're starting practice, and you're with Dan Boyle. Um, but, you know, he made it super, super easy, Boiler. I mean, what a high-end skill and smooth skating defenseman, offensive, talked a lot, reliable, steady Eddie, and, you know – made my life super easy but yeah I mean that make that phone call to your parents and that you're flying to Calgary and uh, they they scramble to get to the game which fortunately isn't that far of a flight so um, yeah a game I certainly won't ever forget. Alex Ovechkin recently told me that the hardest defenseman for him to play against Dan Boyle. Dan Boyle. Yeah. Great stick good feet just smart yeah I mean thinking thinking the game way ahead of everyone else I, I remember I, it was one of our game sevens against uh LA when we you know we had those rivalries and it was just the year that we ended up losing four straight after being up yeah. three nothing I had scored the first goal uh in game seven and I remember in the th- the third period he leans over to me he goes Maddie you're gonna need to carry us you know you got the legs tonight I was like I don't know if that's no you you definitely you definitely still have the legs <laughs> and you're going to be the guy that's you know we'll do this together but it, just him saying that uh, you know I'm just looking at him going no I think you just keep being you uh, we'll be just fine but you know obviously we lost that game in that series but um it's pretty funny 
A pretty good rookie season, though. You, you uh, at one point tied a Sharks record for defensemen with goals in three straight games. And I thought it was pretty cool that you're able to make your Stanley Cup playoff debut at Vancouver, yeah. too. That had to be just yeah, knowing what it meant to you to play there a couple of weeks ago to, to play your totally. first playoff game. Yeah, night. first playoff game, starting lineup, I remember. And so growing up, you you know – watching the the Canucks and you know the intro they got like I think it's like U2 or you know the white towels are waving around yeah. and you know if, as a fan as a kid it was like the coolest thing ever Streets with No Name I think is the song is that U2 huh? yep that's um them. anyways but yeah that would come out and you know I just as a kid you know obviously the 94 run for them yeah. to the finals and then um, you know, just the playoff runs with, you know, Nazel and Bertuzzi, Morrison, that, that line and Matthias Olin, Jovanovsky, uh, Dan Cloutier, like, and then, you know, obviously I, I, I watched the, the finals against Boston, but I, I was signed with San Jose. So, you know, i that's when I slowly started kind of like, not yeah. obviously it wasn't as big of a fan anymore, but you always keep an eye on the team that you follow. Right. And, and for my first playoff game to be there, going out for warm-ups, going out for the intros and everything, and in my first shift, I remember Zach Cassian just absolutely plopped, knocked me. I was just looking at the roof of Rogers Arena, I think, and I was like, holy cow, and as all the towels were waving, I was like, well, here we go, this is it. And, uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to get out of that series with a sweep, and, you know, that's the biggest thing is you got to win that series because then you go home for the summer and that's every, what everyone's talking about. But what a cool experience. And, you know, there's nothing like playoff hockey and, you know, especially to get that first one out of the way with uh, against a team you grew up watching. And then early in one of your seasons with the Sharks, I remember you scoring a couple of goals against the Caps at, at Cap 1. Yeah. You and John Scott, actually. <laughs> what a tandem. Three guys, th- three goals in the first period between – Chased Hol- chased Holpe out of the net. Okay, yeah. And then I you guys can remember if we guys, got him out. You guys wound up winning that game like six five or something. So yeah, I remember some it crazy being game a crazy that. game. Yeah. yeah, I remember getting out to. So that that was funny because I'll I'll remember that game because it's my only two goal game. But um, I didn't play the first game of the year. I think I was scratched. Yeah, and then uh, him too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, we flew out to Washington to start. We always did a an Eastern trip right away with San Jose. And so we went there, and I was playing, and uh, first shot of my game, anyways, uh, I, I remember Jumbo won the draw and slap shot goal. I was like, oh, well, that was a good start. Could get used to that. And then uh, I think the next shift, I drew a penalty, yeah. high sticking or something like that, and then scored on the power scored play. Scored on the power play down, yeah, think. rebound yeah. kind of in behind uh, Holtz there. Um, but, yeah, I was like, oh, well, this is a good start to the, my season. Anyways, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and then Johnny Johnny scored too. I, I still remember his celebration behind the net because I think everyone was in shock, including him. But uh, yeah, pretty cool. I mean, I thought you had three three pretty decent years there too. Were you surprised? I mean, there was a coaching change though too. Right? Yeah. Do you feel like that was the the reason that that they that you wound up going to Boston as a free agent that summer? Yeah, I, I don't know exactly. I, I was starting to kind of, I think I played 50-some-odd games yeah. or 60-some-odd games. So I was in and out of the lineup, um, you know, so I thought maybe it was just, maybe a change of scenery would be good. Um, I had a, I would say, a decent year, you know, goals-wise for sure, and just, I think, just under 20 points or something with seven or eight goals or whatever it was going into free agency. So I, I thought maybe, you know, an opportunity elsewhere would be good and 
um, you know, talked to a couple teams and decided to, to go to Boston um, on a one-year deal and, um, you know, familiar obviously with the area from school yeah. and Worcester and uh, and obviously original six team, a team that had won, a team that had, uh, it was a good team. And, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of great leaders and, um, you know, thought maybe that would be a, a good spot for me to go. So that's what I did. And uh, it was nothing short of a dumpster fire. It was uh, it was a tough year. Um, you know, training camp went well. I remember that game, that my first exhibition game. We ended up, ironically, I ended up, ended up finishing the year in Providence. But our first exhibition game was in Providence against the Devils, and I had two goals and a two-one win. And so it was a good start to training camp. And well, the first two games of the regular season, I think it was uh, minus five or something like that combined in the two games. So. After that, I was waived, and you know, down down to the minors, I was, and um, didn't get a call up the rest of the year, and actually ended up being a, um, a healthy scratch, a bunch of times during the regular season, and then in playoffs too that year. So that was a that was a challenging year, yeah. um, eye opening to really see what it's like to be on the business side. Um, really, you know, because you know when you played of I think at that time it was over 150-ish games in the NHL um I felt like I had been close to establish establishing yeah. myself um you know and and to you know kind of take a bite of humble pie and you know you go you go down to the minors it, it was it was challenging because uh you know you don't expect it and obviously I didn't play well in my first two games and um but you're always you're hopeful you go down there you work hard you 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 know um you know do the right things you're a good teammate and you hope for another opportunity which just didn't come and I, I saw that because they they carried I think a man the whole year and there wasn't a whole lot of injuries and so I saw that and it was what it was and finished off the year there uh and then you know just yeah. took an opportunity in the summer to just reflect and um honestly I don't think you know my career I, I don't know where my career would have gone if I didn't have that year you know you you learn so much about yourself um your your support network my wife um the way she supported me and you know you're you're down and out a lot of the times um and my family themselves and you know after that year there was opportunities to go overseas and go to Russia and you know and I was like you know I don't know if I can in my head I don't know if I can in the NHL again because I was being scratched in the AHL and I was being scratched in playoffs in the like how am I going to play in the NHL and my wife was like she was the one thankfully that was like no you we're not going you're, you're going to give it another shot and you're a good hockey player and you know fresh start and let's see where it takes us and you know that was all her and here we are how many years later uh, six you know, or seven six or seven years yeah. later and we're still we're still going and um you know really really uh, thankful for for her uh you know believing in me for sure and that that next season uh you you signed with Nashville that mm -hmm. summer and that winds up being kind of the reverse where you you, you start the season in Milwaukee play yep. four games there get the call up and then you're essentially a fixture you that's a career high games played yep. 74 you guys go to the cup final that year and you mm -hmm. play 22 playoff games yep. i mean that, that yeah. that's that's a I, rebound it's, it's a it's crazy because <clears throat> yeah i go into camp and then 
it's uh I didn't have a great camp in Nashville. I was nervous. I wanted to have a good showing. Lavi was our coach and, um, you know, get sent down to Milwaukee, which I was totally fine with. And it almost, you almost expect it. And I sounded two way. I, I was like, I'm now I know how this all works. I'm yeah. expecting to go to Milwaukee and I'll have to work my way up and that that's totally fine. But, you know, injuries happened early for the Preds on, on D and I got an opportunity and, um, you know, we started a road trip out uh, out west. I got I sat the first game, I think, in Anaheim, and then played in L.A. And um, on that road trip, I think I scored again in three straight games or something like that. And um, yeah, like you said, played 76, 74, 74, 74 games, and then every game in the playoffs when we made our our run to the finals and ultimately lost to Pittsburgh. But and yeah, and then carved out another three years out of Nashville. And you had an interesting experience at the end of the Nashville mm-hmm. uh, run, which that's your biggest chunk of, of NHL games there is is with Nashville. Yeah. But, um, what, probably two weeks before the pandemic, you yep. get traded to, to Anaheim. Uh-huh. Though, but I guess it's the only time in your career you've been traded. Yep. But So what what's that experience like? And then what's it like after you, you, you're in Anaheim with your young family, and then all of a sudden, pandemic, pandemic. And, and how how did that whole thing play out? For yeah, you that was a strange time. Um, you know, I kind of saw the writing on the wall uh, towards that la- that year in in Nashville. Um, coaching change, um, wasn't playing a lot. Um, so you know, I I had a good conversation with David Poyle, um, just asking him if there was an opportunity, um, if he would move me um, for an opportunity to play as I'm a UFA. And I need to play games if I'm gonna yeah. have a chance at a job next year. And he was awesome. He he's he a said, good man. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. I owe a lot to him. And he he said, "Well, Maddie, I don't want to trade you, um, but you know, I respect you. Um, what you've done for our team, our organization over the years. Uh, um, if there's something that makes sense, um, I'll make a move for you." And uh, anyways, that trade that trade deadline came up, and um, I can't remember. It's two o'clock, I think central time or something yeah. like that and two o'clock hit and I always knew trades could trickle in afterwards for you know 15 minutes or so so it was 2 30 I had no calls like oh it doesn't look like we're going anywhere so wife and I and our son at the time Beckham who's would have been a year and a bit we're gotta go to Costco so we're going we're gonna load the car up and just as we're about to pull out I got David's calling me and this, at this time I think it's like 2 45 so maybe he's calling me and just say hey and, you know it didn't couldn't find anything or it wasn't working out. It didn't make sense for us. And you know, I was totally fine. You know, part of you is like, okay, you can relax now. Not know, you know, you don't think you got traded. And, um, but anyways, he called and he's like, hi, Maddie, you know, I, I found a, a partner and, you know, you've been traded. And so your, your whole world stops for a second. I'd never experienced being traded and you're just waiting to hear where you're going next. And, you know, it's, you know, at that time, I guess, was there, yeah. 31 other teams or 30 other teams. Um, and he says Anaheim. And I was like, oh, that's kind of, that's cool. You know, California again. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I left that afternoon. Uh, my wife and son stayed in Nashville. And then they came out not too long after that. And, you know, that was probably the most, although it was nine games, 10 games or whatever it was, the most consistently heavy loaded minutes I had played I think uh one game in Colorado I played 27 minutes uh, on a back-to-back and you know they're just rolling me out there no power play or anything like that but 
lot of penalty kill and playing against top top uh, top lines and it was awesome because I you know during that time we had played Pittsburgh, Colorado, Toronto, Edmonton. We were playing some high end teams really with good, some some yeah. good players, and I was getting the, that that role of matching up against their top lines, which you know at didn't get to experience it. You don't get to think at that time, at that point, you're just over the boards every yeah. other shift it seemed and had so much fun. And then obviously <laughs> the pandemic hit and I'm living in an extended stay. My family had gone home back to Victoria and um, I was like, Oh, it's going to be two weeks. So I loaded up, went to the grocery store and had a big shopping cart full of stuff that I could have my hot plate and a toaster and a fridge. And, and uh, Bob Murray called me just as I was walking to my car. He's like, hey, Maddie, you know, I don't know how long this is going to be, but it's two weeks. I know you got a family. If you want to go home, we'll come bring you back yeah. down when the season starts again. And I was like looking at my cart, and I'm going, oh, man. I just spent like $600 on like groceries, toilet paper. Like I didn't, I didn't even know if I was going to be able hand to leave sanitizer. the room, hand sanitizer, <laughs> needed beer, and you know, everything. And, and it, so I was like, okay, well, I'll take this to the hotel. I Sonny Milano was traded at the same time, yeah. and you know there's probably five or six guys living in a hotel. So I, our group hotel chat just said there's a lot of groceries down here. So if anyone's <laughs> staying, come down and just grab. And I took off, went home, and you know never went back to Anaheim. Yeah, wow. And but th- those those nine games and playing against that top competition yeah. gets gets your job. Yeah, in and Buffalo. that's and that was the goal. I mean, that's what the conversation with David was in in Nashville. I just needed an opportunity to play, and wasn't expecting to get those kind of minutes. I just wanted to play, um, and yeah, I was able to lock on with Buffalo. And you know that that free agency wasn't until like October, and my last game was March. What was it? March eleventh, somewhere in there, yeah, or something like right. that. And then training camp wasn't until the end of December or something like that. So a long time off in between games. Um, but yeah, I was super grateful for the opportunity. Kevin Adams it was his first year as a GM, um, you know, sign with Buffalo um, and, and go in there and, you know, try to make a team. Obviously that was kind of my mindset. Every training camp, it didn't, didn't matter where I stood, especially after, you know, what happened in Boston, the, your whole mindset changes it, and it's, it's all about making a team. You have a contract, but it doesn't mean anything. And so that, that was good was in Buffalo for that shortened season. Another opportunity to learn because we weren't, we weren't, didn't have the success on the ice. We set a, we set a record yeah. for most losses in a row. Um, but I'm a big believer in, you know, every experience you got to, you got to take something from it. And um, that had a lot of them, um, you know, negative, negative experience, but, you know, you can turn it into some positives in terms of learning about yourself, learning about teammates, you know, leadership, uh, young group, um, all that stuff. So, you know, as much as the, the, the hockey season didn't work out, uh, I think it was beneficial for, beneficial for me as a person and a player to, to go through something like that. I could keep this going for, for a long time, but I don't, I don't want to keep you too long. So I, I want to ask you, um, what keeps you going? Like how, how long do you want to keep, keep playing and what do you want to do when, when, when your time is done, do you want to stay in the game or is there? Yeah. I, and, and, and like, I feel like you could be like, you could be a media type personality or you could, I feel like you could be a coach. You could be a development guy. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of things. Yeah. That, that I, I mean, hockey is what we know. I like, that's what I know. And you know, I don't have a whole lot of life experiences outside of the game of hockey. Um, so for me, I mean, I'd like to keep playing. Um, 
I feel this year, I feel great. Um, I like I've, we've had many conversations about the role and, um, staying ready and, and all that stuff. I, I think I, I could still provide, you know, to a team. Um, yep. I love Washington. I love being here. Um, the guys are fantastic. Um, but you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, would I like to play for another year or two? Absolutely. Um, I love hockey. I love playing it. Um, if that's here in North America or do we, you know, go see the world and, you know, try ourselves over overseas because I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I've never been over there. Um, the likelihood of us being, a, the kids are young still, likelihood of us going on a family vacation overseas is unlikely. Um, so is that an opportunity to go see the world and yeah. play some hockey and bounce around and, and experience different cultures? Um you know, goal number one is to stay in the NHL. But if that doesn't happen, you know, I'd consider that. Um, but as for a retirement from hockey, it's something I've, I think about a lot because it's I'm 35, and uh, you know that's coming up in a year, two years, or whatever it might be. Um, but I, I think definitely, while I kind of get my ground, my you know, my bearings on retirement, so to speak, from playing, um, staying in hockey is something that I, I'd obviously you know, love to do. And whether that's coaching, I don't know. Um, scouting, I, I don't know. De- player development, I'd love to just, you know, I think that's cool that you can be around the locker room and, and talk to prospects. I, I think I got some experiences I could share with yeah. um, some of the young prospects on whatever team, um, you know, guys that are either trying to get into the league, that are in the league, that are dealing with, know playing consistently in the you know that or in another lineup or anything I I've I've kind of I've kind of been a part of it all um makes my career kind of kind of unique in that sense um so you know I would love to to help out an organization in any way um but I think before I yeah that would be you know stay in hockey in some kind of that would that'd probably be what the most realistic thing that would happen um so yeah, that's kind of it. What does it mean to you that that you've played long enough that you're you're giving back a memories of you yeah. playing, you know, being in the locker room around other kids, those Sunday skates yeah. at at uh, MedStar, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's you go back to that first part of that question that I didn't actually touch on. What keeps you going, and that that's that is it. That's you know those those are the you're in the gym every every summer you're you know every day working out you know you do it for your family um you know for Beckham to be at the age that he is going on five in January and now he knows what daddy does and you know daddy's at the rink and it's it's hard on you know that our lifestyle's hard on you know yeah, the significant sure other our wives and and the kids because they don't really know how like that long road trip we just had they don't know when you're coming home so to speak and you know, the games are at 10 o'clock, so he can't really stay up. He wants to, but he can't, um, you know. But for him to, you know, you, you see all that. It's when you first come in the league, you see the older guys with their kids running around the locker room. I mean, so cool. And, and, and for me to be able to do that and share that with him, um, and he knows now, you know, the Capitals. He knows all the teams. He knows the mascots. And to see him at practice, to see him in warm-ups and, I think that's his favorite part is warm-ups. You, know, you can be on the glass yeah. and, and the guys are all coming over to see their families and, and stuff like that and that and the cookies in the family lounge. 
Um, but yeah, that, that, I mean, that's the motivation, obviously. Um, Lennon's obviously too young to really have any idea what's going on besides when she goes to warm ups, it's just bright lights and that's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, that's definitely it. And, you know, hopefully, like I said, maybe there's a year or two more, um, where he'll be a little bit older, but, uh, that, that's definitely the motivation. Well, hopefully there is a year or two more, cause I think you, you fit that role to a T. I, I, thank you. I've seen a lot of guys come through and, and play that role. And I think it's, 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 it's pretty thankless, fairly impossible. You know, you go from zero to 90 at the drop of a dime. Sometimes, you know, at a morning skate, you haven't played in six weeks and all of a sudden you learn, you know, that afternoon you're, you're playing that night and like, like you're on a run now where, yeah. I mean, Jesus, you guys, I think probably practiced t- today for one of the few right. times that you've practiced even yeah. since you, you got into the lineup. So mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of respect Thank for, you. Yeah. for what you do and, and how you do it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, heck, I always say this to, you know, anyone that asks me, how do you do it or why do you do it? Or I, I can go to any one of my friends back home and say, would you practice with an NHL team and just wait for your opportunity to play or whether it's you get to dress and you have to sit on the bench all game or, you know, play limited, like they would do that in a drop of a hat. I mean, yeah. Well, you come to the rink, you hang out with a bunch of guys, have some banter, you know, you get treated like royalty and, you know, you're spoiled. You get to go practice and then you go home, hang out with your family. Then you get to go play a game in front of, you know, 18, 20,000 people. I mean, there's, there's really nothing better in the world so um in my opinion so yeah i mean that makes that that job easier and you know i i say this too like you just can't take a day for granted in the nhl and there's no there's no bad days in the nhl we'll, we'll leave it at that and and thank you so much maddie for your time it's been, thank, it's been a blast thank, thank you guys thank you, thank you.